this morning, just two short verses to set us up for the morning. They're the Great Commission. You've heard them before, right? When Jesus rose from the dead and, and 40 days later, right before he ascended, he gathered his disciples and the last words he gave to them are these. He said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So for all that Jesus had done, for all the victory they had won, risen from the dead, off the cross, out of the tomb, and he says to us, because I did all that, now all of you disciples of mine, go. Go and tell everybody, right? We hear that great commission. My guess is most of you, if not all of you, have heard it before. And, and we recognize that it's a big deal, right? But often we hear those verses and we think it's a bigger deal for somebody else. Right? This is, this is a call for, for full-time missionaries, right? The people who go across the ocean far away. We, we see this call to go. We put it in this box, right? Here's what it means. It means to be a missionary, to go to a foreign country far away. We put it in this box so that it keeps that away from us. Yes, somebody should answer the call to go. Somebody should go, just not me, right? And we hear that call and we come to the conclusion that it couldn't be me. Right? I don't have the abilities. I don't have the gifts. I, it's for those disciples who had a special relationship with Jesus. It's for those people today who, who are more spiritual than me, more gifted than me, more called than me. That's what we assume. Well, I want to challenge some of us here this morning with the words of the Great Commission. To hear it with, with maybe new ears and a new heart. Maybe even to hear it for yourself in a special way. Maybe, maybe your obedience to that great commission after this morning. Maybe you're going to hear it in a way that, that you're going to come out saying, yes, you know what? I need to go into my neighborhood. I need to go into my workplace. I need to go into my school. And that's where God is calling me to go. Maybe you'll walk out saying, Yes, God calls some people to go far away, and it's my job as one who stays here to support them and encourage them, and I'm going to find a new way, a specific way to do that. And maybe for somebody here, obedience to that great commission this morning means you're going to be open to saying yes to God's call in your life to go, to be one who is sent. You know what's gotten me excited about Ivanrest Church over these last few years? There's a lot of things that has. But one thing that's gotten me excited about this community over the last few years is, is more and more of the missionaries that we are sending far away, that we are empowering to hear this call to go, are Ivanrest members who sat here in this room with us, heard God's call in their life, and they went, right? So instead of us as a church having to go find a missionary to support somewhere and then build a relationship with them, we've flipped it around, or God has flipped it around. We now have relationships with people, and then they go, which is exciting to me, right? It used to be, right, even before I came, the, of the many missionaries that we support, and usually we're in the bank of eight to ten missionaries about, and the only ones that we knew personally as members of Ivernest Church were Tim and Renee Opperly, right, and their family. Tim and Renee, who left uh, China for China as a young couple, 18 years later, they came back as a family of six, right, and now they're doing their mission work based here in Granville, but they were the only Ivernest members. Now, in addition to the Opperleys that we're supporting, we have Michael Cunnan, who's serving right here in Grand Rapids with Bridge Street House of Prayer. We have Angie Johnson, who's serving in Nicaragua. We have Jared and Susan Bentham, who ended up in Nicaragua a year after Angie left. And some of you already know that, that we have Kyle and Marissa Ver, Verhoff, who are here yet, but are training and preparing to go. And so we're about to have another Ivan Rest member family who's going to go. 
I love it that Ivan Rest Church is obeying this great commission that, that we're going. So this morning, we have a special opportunity. Because both Jared and Susan Bentham and Angie Johnson are on a brief break. It's not their full summer break, but they're on a brief break from Nicaragua and their, and their schedules combined in such a way that they're both here this morning. Um, which is great for us because we're going to hear this morning about what God is doing and how God is moving and has moved in the three of them. I'm excited about the conversation that we're about to have with them. I'm excited about the partnership that might continue to grow between some of us as individuals here as well as Ivan Rest Church and them as we get excited about what God is doing through them. But what gets, even, what gets me even more excited this morning is the anticipation and the thought that maybe there's one person sitting here this morning, one of you, who maybe have been feeling God's push to go, but have been saying, no, couldn't be, can't be me. Or maybe one of you who has never imagined that God might be asking you to go. And this morning, as you hear from Jared and Susan and Angie, I think God might move in somebody's heart here this morning to say, Okay, God, I'll go. And you might be the next Ivan Russ individual, Ivan Russ family that's going to go, that we get to support in that endeavor. So don't ignore that voice this morning if God is going to whisper to you. So Jared and Susan, Angie, would you come on up and join me up front here? Uh, come on up to the Ivan Russ family room up here and let's sit down and, and have a little conversation. Welcome. So glad to have you guys back again. I'd shake your hand, Angie, but you got a coffee cup in it, so I'll just wave to you. Good Nicaraguan. Good Nicaraguan. Always carrying coffee in Nicaragua. Is that how it goes? I noticed that you came here just in time, so you must have been on Nicaragua <laughs> time as well this morning. So, uh, so welcome, first of all. Thank, Thank you, you for being here, um, willing to share your stories. I'm sure you'd be much more comfortable sitting out there with the rest of them this morning. And by the way, I did like it that both of you sat in your normal places again. Pretty, pretty, you moved over a section, Angie, but you're close enough, so it's always good to have you back in your normal sections again. Um, and even as I welcome you back home here to Ivanrest, I recognize that home is probably Nicaragua now, so I can't really say welcome home because home is where you'll be going in a few days, right? Not too soon. So let, let me just say, I recognize that um, not everybody here knows who you are and aren't familiar exactly with what you're doing. And I realize that even though the three of you are in Nicaragua together in the same system, you're not doing the same things at all, really, while you're there. So maybe just to start with um, maybe a quick of what you're doing and who you are so that we can know you better and know what you're doing. Angie, you want to start? Yeah. Um, I am teaching second grade at Nicaragua Christian Academy at the international campus. And so um, the campus I teach at is primarily in English. Um, my students do go to Spanish class for an hour a day, but, um, which I do not teach. <laughs> um, but I have them pretty much the whole day and teach all their core subjects. Um, the past two years, my first year there, I had 21 students. Last year I had 25. And this coming year, I will have 28 or 29. So um, pretty big classes, um, which is awesome, but add, has added challenges. So can I ask, like, who are the students in your class? They're American speaking or English speaking from, are they missionary kids? Are they Nicaraguans? We have a mix of students. So about 60% of my class is Nicaraguan students. And um, they come into either one of our preschool classes, um, not speaking any English most of the time. Um, so even in my class, they're still um, English language learners. Um, and then the other 40% is some missionary kids, as well as other internationals, um, which most of them speak English, but we have um, a growing Korean population at our school, mm. and they come in not knowing Spanish or English. So that is That's another unique. challenge. That's a good challenge, and you don't know Korean, I bet, either. Yeah, no. <laughs> awesome. Jared, Susan, give us a picture of what you're doing. Sure. Um, I teach English at Nicaragua Christian Academy Nehapa, which is a school that was started as an offshoot of Angie's school. And our school was designed for 
middle-class Nicaraguan families to provide a quality Christian education for middle-class Nicaraguan families, while Angie's school is, because of the tuition costs, is more geared towards upper-class Nicaraguan families and the future leaders of many of Nicaraguan businesses and government. Um, so the, the group of Nicaraguans that we serve is different. It's a huge need in Nicaragua for quality Christian education and just to help Nicaraguans learn about applying their faith into all areas of their life. And that's really something big our school is, is working on is applying faith and, and their Christianity in all subjects in all areas of, of, their, of their life and in, of their future. Um, so our school is taught primarily in Spanish, and they have one hour a day of English class, and I am an English teacher for that one hour a day. And our, our kids, our older two, Julia and Landon, also attend our school. There's a handful of American, North American um, students at our school, so they're one of them, and they're doing great there. So we're, we're happy to see the progress that they've made also awesome. in, within our own family. And I'll let Jared talk a little bit about what he personally has been up to this past year. Well, moving down to Nicaragua with a full family is not a small task at all. Um, and one thing that we knew we needed to do was be very careful with our time and our energy. Um, so my primary responsibility was very different than anything I had in the past because I'm a full-time parent. Um, and so that has been my um, primary objective. But it's really interesting when you have live in a missionary community, there's lots of needs and lots of pulls to try to uh, rope people into work. And when they find out you're a former school administrator with a master's degree in education, it's pretty hard to hide uh, for too long. So um, quickly, I got uh, pulled into uh, working for um, the Association of Nicaragua Christian Academy School Board. So this is the school board which does oversight over every one of the Nicaragua Christian Academies, International, Nehapa, and Matagalpa, which is three hours to the north. So I've been busy, busy in a, a lot of ways, parenting, but now also working on a school board level. And this school board level is different than anything uh, I experienced in the States. Because of the youthful nature of our couple of our campuses, there's, a, there's times where the board can't just govern and we end up administering um, more often than not. So um, I've been very glad that I can use some of my skills in administration uh, for working with that. But also the ANCA board is responsible for the governance oversight and all the teacher education and training um, for all of our, our educators. One thing that our Nicaraguan staff um, sometimes lack in is just the, that preparation for quality teaching. And so that's something that I've been able to assist with as well, and I'm really glad to be able to work on that. Awesome. Now, all three of you spent significant time sitting in these benches right here um, as part of Ivanrest Church. But at some point, God called you to leave here and to go. And at some point, you said yes. Um, and my guess is it wasn't easy to hear that call and to say yes. My guess is, and I might be wrong, my guess is there are all kinds of mixed messages, like some people saying, yeah, go, other people saying you should stay, probably grandparents who want their grandkids close by, I don't know. Um, maybe sometimes people saying, you know, don't do this, you should do that. How, give us a glimpse of, of how you heard God calling you and how you got to the point where you actually said yes and you took that step of faith and obedience and actually hopped on that plane and went. Uh, maybe go backwards this time. Or uh, Jared or Susan, why don't you start? Yeah, it was definitely um, a difficult decision. Um, nobody was too surprised when Jared and I it started to explore this option of moving to Nicaragua because we lived in Honduras before we had kids. So it wasn't a shock to anybody. And overall, I feel like we were very much supported by our family, by our friends, by our church. I know some people thought we were absolutely crazy, but nobody ever came out and said that to us. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good to keep that secret, right? <laughs> there, the I remember before we really started officially thinking about um, Nicaragua, I mentioned to my mom that we were, you know, praying about it, just thinking about it, and I thought she would probably say, oh, you're crazy to bring three kids to Nicaragua, and she said, and she said to me, 
you know, if you have this option, if it sounds good to you and you feel called to it, you should go. And I, and I remember my one doubt was, well, when we come back to visit, where are we going to stay? Like, that was my one hang-up. <laughs> Not uh, we have to sell our cars and our house and find a place to live in Nicaragua and move our whole family. No. Yeah, I was worried about where we were going to stay when we came back. And then shortly after that, my sister bought a new house that had an apartment in the basement. And that just every little thing fell into place just like that. And we didn't feel a call. We didn't hear God audibly telling us to go, but it was little things leading us towards that ultimate decision to go that, and we've just felt supported and kind of pushed by others the whole way. And um, one thing, I didn't feel like I was kicking and screaming and saying no, no. I think God gives people the desire sometimes to go. Sometimes, yes, he might call people who don't want to go, who just, and kind of forcibly, but it sounded good to me. So I think that's something to consider that God will use your interests and your passions for your call in your life. Mm -hmm. And still, we, we enjoy being there and we think it's a good place for our family at this point. So I'm very thankful to God and to everybody for supporting us and providing something that is a positive experience. Awesome. And, re and Angie has become a good friend of ours. We actually never met Angie until we were in Nicaragua. Because so, <laughs> you sat on opposite sides of the room. Yeah, That's I guess the problem. So. And, now we, and then we ended up living two doors down from her. And getting to know her has been wonderful. She's become an aunt to our kids. And they run down the street and yell in her window and, and tell her things from the street. So it's, just, it's been a, a good year. It's been a learning year. But I feel like God has blessed us so much in everything that has happened to us. Nice. Yeah, like Susan said, um, I think knowing that we had our, our, a year under our belt living in Honduras really helped um, for the feel that yes was a good thing to do because um, we had learned so much from being abroad once before. So going into it a second time, um, you learn from your mistakes, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but saying yes is difficult. No one's, no, I'm not going to say that saying yes is, is easy. Leaving is hard. Um, when, you're, when you're a goer, you're leaving a lot of stayers behind. And, that's, mm -hmm. and that takes a long time just to kind of get over that um, bit. But I think that um, we can't let the, the unknowns and, and the fear of change, you know, stop us in our tracks from doing what God's calling it. It's very clear that, that God wanted us to, to move on and, and do this. Um, next step. And we found such reward in saying yes, in being a goer. Um, from what the lessons we've learned about faith, the way that we've learned about prayer, the, the way that we, our minds have changed when it comes to community and what that means and, and our reliance on each other along with God. Like that's been, been great. But I think saying, saying yes for me, like um, I've always have had a servant heart, a servant leadership heart. That's always been my style. So the desire to learn more about God and his people, had, you know, made it even easier. Like, of course I'm going to do this because I want to know more and I want to grow in my knowledge and understanding of other people. So it, in a way, it kind of was natural. Nice. Same journey for you or different? Mine's a little different. <laughs> I um, Saying yes to staying in Nicaragua was actually really easy for me because I was already there. Um, I actually had the opportunity to spend two semesters in Nicaragua through um, my college. I went to Dort College and they have a semester abroad that actually goes to Nicaragua. So my junior year I went to Nicaragua and it wasn't necessarily the best experience ever. Um, and it actually caused me to not want to go back. Um, but my college had connections there and they said, actually we want you to go there for student teaching. And I said, no. Um, but they had a professor doing a, a semester in Nicaragua, the same semester I was student teaching, and so they said we've never really had this opportunity to send a student teacher where we actually have a professor internationally, and so, um, sorry, but you're going to Nicaragua. Um, and it wasn't until I was on the plane to Nicaragua for student teaching that I, like, became okay with it and just said, you know, God, use this time. Show me what you have next for me after I graduate. Um, and it wasn't more than a week and a half later that I felt God telling me, this is where I want you. Um, and I applied for the job um, at Nicaragua Christian Academy that night. Um, and I really didn't 
didn't have any um, hesitation. Like, I've wanted to teach internationally since I started out in college. And um, so it was actually kind of easy for me to say, yeah, I'll stay. What became difficult was about six months, four months, I don't know, my first semester and second semester teaching um, were really hard because I felt like I was missing out on a lot. And that's when it became hard, was feeling like I was missing out on things. Actual, actually saying yes to going was the easy part, but it became harder when after four months, like a normal semester, I didn't get to come back. Um, it was longer than that. And so that's when it hit me, but the actual saying yes was the easy part. I'm gonna stick with you, Angie. I'm curious how God has surprised you in your two years there. You know, I read in Acts chapter 16, Paul goes on his missionary journey, and he's got his plans all out there, and all of a sudden God says, nope, you're not going there, you're going there instead. I'm curious how maybe in the two years you've been there, God has... You've experienced God as surprising you in a way you hadn't planned on. Maybe ministry's different. Maybe there's a relationship different, a connection encounter that you just never imagined would have happened. How, how has God surprised you with an opportunity that, that you hadn't planned on? Well, I went to Nicaragua to teach second grade, and I thought most of my work would be with elementary students. But it soon became apparent that God was calling me to actually volunteer with the youth group also. Um, and... I started helping out with some of the high school youth group nights um, and then had the opportunity to have a couple high schoolers come help out in my classroom. And so God just surprised me with the way um, he connected me with some of the high schoolers. Um, and through that, I've been able to also help out with um, our drama club's musical and creating the costumes for that, um, which has been a lot of fun. And I've really enjoyed getting to know the high schoolers and have mm -hmm. them kind of interact with my second graders. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. You think you're going there for second graders, and you are, and God brings high schoolers into your life, and, and there you go. You mentioned that you came kind of open. How has God surprised you, Jared? Yeah. I mean, of course, my first goal um, was parenting, but I also thought going into Nicaragua, because I, I have some time sort of on your hands, but not really. It's hard to explain. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> That it would be a good opportunity for me to just explore what ministries are out there um, happening in Nicaragua and Managua. Where we live is kind of a cool spot for ministry because we're kind of in a location where um, our area is the hub for many ministries that, that then branch out all throughout Nicaragua and Latin America. So we kind of have at our fingertips lots of ministries that are happening. And I don't know about any of you who have ever switched jobs or had a life change, but I, you know, had 13 plus years in education as a, a good career, fabulous career. Um, but part of me was thinking, okay, it, when we move into Nicaragua, this is a great chance for me to totally bust free and do something different. <laughs> and so kind of going down, I, I was seeking opportunities that weren't necessarily related to teaching, learning, education, whatever. Um, as something for me to do later down, down the road. And every time we would have um, conversations or, or, or whatever about some of these things we were exploring, they were always just kind of okay, just kind of like me mediocre, you know, in my mind. And, and this is really a more of a recent occurrence because Susan and I sat on the front porch um, with, with a few people uh, to explore some, some ministry opportunity for me starting this coming January totally disconnected from education and not related at all, but something that sounded, sounded interesting and, and had some good connections still back here in the States. So we sat through a meeting, was it maybe two hours or something? You know, meetings go for a long time, even in Latin America. <laughs> <clears throat> so we sat there for two hours. It was very interesting, but we got back to the house and we kind of looked at each other and we're like, we don't know what they were talking about. <laughs> and, the, and just that, that moment when I was like, this is ridiculous for me to be thinking about all these different opportunities when what I know is teaching and learning and kids and quality education. So it, ha it has helped me to kind of get my mind back on track after, you know, thinking, oh, let's, let's have a big change and a big switch. And so now I see more clearly my role with ANCA, with the association, with NCA Nehapa, um, the 
the reason even more so for me to keep working on my Spanish, which I have been working a lot on, but to have to, um, to for my desire to, to work in uh, teacher training and leadership, um, especially at Nehapa, I'd like to be able to do that with a good vocabulary and a good language skill set um, beyond where I am now. Um, so that's just been really, really cool, and I think God has, has, has kind of opened these doors, closed these doors, showed me these um, possibilities to just get my mind back um, to where he wants, wants me to be when the time comes that, that I can be working in a fuller capacity outside the home. That's interesting. I never met, I didn't imagine that God would surprise you by bringing you back to what's familiar. Um, that, that's a neat journey. Um, you know, as I, as I do think through the stories of Paul and his missionary journey, God not only surprised him, but oftentimes he had to face frustrations. Going, as we're talking about, isn't always easy. In fact, it usually isn't easy. You've already alluded to that a little bit there, Angie. Um, and Paul persevered through all those challenges. I can only imagine that for all three of you, there's been times when uh, over the last two years or a year, you said, you know what? There's an airplane leaving tomorrow morning. I'm, I, I, I'm just going to head home. I'm ready to be done. Um, maybe frustration. Uh, maybe you're just weary. I'm curious if you'd be willing to share maybe some of the frustrations you've had to face and how God has encouraged you, brought you through those, maybe reaffirmed your calling to be there in those moments when maybe you doubted it. Um, Susan, do you want to share? Sure. Um <clears throat> I'd say the biggest frustrations that I've faced in the past year are our cultural differences within between American schools and Nicaraguan schools. The school I teach at is a quality education, uh, provides a quality education for the students, but it is a very Nicaraguan school, and there's a lot of cultural differences between Nicaraguan schooling and American schooling. So to try to understand where my fellow teachers are coming from, why they do things the way they do, and what parents and students are expecting from education has been a frustrating experience for me. And also just um, the expectations for classroom management for student behavior are much different. So I have had many days where I've come home and said, I have tried everything that has worked in the United States and it is not working here. <laughs> and I've talked to other, my, there's a few other Americans that work at the school where I work and they've, they've said the same thing. They're like, I've tried everything. I don't know what to do. And there's never been a good answer for it. So those are the days where I've said, you know what, I think I'm just gonna switch to Angie's school. Maybe it'll be easier there. Angie will probably say, no, it's no easier there. But um, there's been, some really frustrating days. And before we left, um, Tim and Renee Opperly, they said to us, when you are in the mission field, you have such high highs and you have low lows. And it is so true because there are some days where I just feel ineffective and frustrated. And why do I think I have anything to offer here? Mm. And the biggest encouragement to me during those times have really been my Nicaraguan coworkers who have worked with a number of um, Americans over their, their years and who kind of understand where I'm coming from. Thankfully, they don't think I'm completely crazy. <laughs> so, and they've offered me encouragement. And the one thing they say the most, they remind me, you need to pray. Like, this is not, you are not able, Susan, with your own abilities. Just because you are trained in the United States as a teacher, you're not able to undercome overcome this on your own. You need to pray, ask for God's wisdom, ask for his encouragement, and go home, get a good night's sleep, and come back and try again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So those have been, that's really been an encouragement to me. We have some fellow teachers who say, I feel so bad for you Americans. It's really hard for you here. And they tell that to Jerry too when he's just dropping the kids off, like, oh, poor you. <laughs> and um, Because they understand that we are frustrated and that things are very different for us. But having that understanding from Nicaraguans who are welcoming, they're welcoming us into their school. And that has been has always been encouragement when it's not just, I'm not just commiserating with other Americans, but Nicaraguans who are really offering us the support that we need to continue on in our ministry there. Awesome. And Angie, you told me once about really practical frustration that <laughs> grows and grows. T tell us about that. Well, I can agree with Susan and some of the cultural um, differences. Even at my school, my assistant is Nicaraguan, and this past year that was a huge struggle for me, some of the differences and just understanding where each other is coming from. Um, but one of the biggest frustrations in my life has actually been my car. 
Um, I bought a car that I thought would be great because it was from a fellow missionary, and I'm like, they probably took care of it. Well, their mechanic didn't. Um, they took shortcuts, and I have had so many problems with that car, and Jared and Susan know there's, it's about every other month, my car is missing from the street for about a week because it is being fixed, and usually they'll say, oh, tomorrow, tomorrow it'll be ready. And I'll fast forward about a week or two weeks, and then maybe I'll get it, and there'll still be some things they have to fix a month later. Um, and so, I mean, I'm thankful that I have people around me that can help give me rides and take me places. Um, but you think buying a car is gonna give you the freedom you need to go to school or go get groceries, and then it breaks down every other month. Um, and it has left me stranded a couple places, but thankfully it's never broken down on the road um, in parking lots and such. But um, yeah, I mean, I've learned a lot from it. I've learned a lot about cars. Um, <laughs> I can tell you if your bearings or bushings need to be replaced. <laughs> and I can tell you if you need more fluid in your radiator because um, mine disintegrated under my hood. Um, and I mean, those are things I never expected to need to know. <laughs> But I'm thankful for the opportunity to have learned those and also to just learn um, that I'm not in control. God's the one in control. And even if things look like they're working or things look like I can control them, um, I often can't. Um, and I just need to trust that God's got it under control. And I'm just so thankful that every time my car has broken down, it's been not on the busiest street that we live off of or... Um, somewhere that's not very safe. It's always been in a very safe area, and I've always been with people who can speak Spanish better than I can or who have the right number for the mechanic. Um, and it's just been awesome to see how God's provided in that way, even though it's been my biggest frustration. Um, I've also seen how the community of missionaries in Nicaragua kind of join together and help each other out. Yeah. Sounds like God might be preparing you for a missionary-mechanic combination. I'm not sure. Um, I think it's only fair if I ask you to share some of your frustrations that I give you the opportunity to share some of your greatest joys that you've experienced too. You read through Paul's stories again as we look at those. He shares his frustrations, but there's moments of, like you said, the high highs that you get as well. Moments when you think, yes, this is why I came. I'm so glad I'm here. What are maybe some of your greatest joys, moments of affirmation that you've experienced and doesn't matter to me which one of you starts. You may jump in. And... <laughs> uh, this is continuing with what? Hmm. The frustration that I shared because the, the biggest joy has been the relationships that we've been able to develop, develop hmm. with the, the families, teachers, and other students at our school. Going into it, we really didn't know a lot of information about the school we were going to be teaching at. We talked to maybe two or three people, other families who had sent their kids there, but that was the biggest unknown for us going into Nicaragua. Um, and I remember saying, well, if it doesn't work out, we'll find, you know, there was a lot of just of trust that it was going to be a, a good situation for us. And getting to know our um, Nicaraguan coworkers and the support, really, they have supported us so much. And I know a lot of people come back from like a mission trip and they say, you know, we learned so much more than we were able to provide mm. for the people in the country where we were um, working. And there have been so many times where we've been in a minor car accident, one of the kids are sick, where it's not our fellow missionaries that are supporting us, it's the Nicaraguans that are mm. able to help us figure out the police report, help us find a doctor, and and they've said to me too, like, I don't know why those you missionaries don't rely on us more. We can help you. This is our country, and it makes a lot of sense. Why do, why don't we ask Nicaraguans more for help? This is we are in their country. They know how to figure things out. Um, so just to see how we can work together with the people that we are serving has been a huge joy. To see our kids running around with their classmates speaking Spanish, just it makes me so happy to see that happening because that was one of our biggest worries going into it. Like, how are our kids going to do? And they are thriving. They, they miss their family. They miss their church. They miss their school, as we do. But um, it, it, just to see them every morning, we have, I have a meeting at school every morning, so they are with other teachers' kids in the morning just running around, talking, having fun. And, and it, to me, is... A huge joy to see. That's awesome. 
What about you, Angie? Um, I mean, as a teacher, some of my greatest joys are when the kids get it. Um, we have had a couple little parties this year to celebrate different things. Um, we had a boxcar children day. I don't know if many of you kids have read the boxcar children, but that was one of my favorites growing up, and so I make sure to read it to my class every year. And we um, turned our desks into our own personal boxcars, and it was really fun to see the kids reading those books that whole day. And just um, we had a boxcar children snack. So if you've read the book, a lot of the things they eat in the in the book we had in our class that day. Um, and so that was really fun to see the kids kind of engage with a book like that. Um, and some people might say that book is dated or, you know, old, and it is, but it's still great. And it's really fun to see the kids engage in that and get super excited and even dress up like some of the characters from the cover. Um, and then another one of my greatest joys this year has been seeing the high school kids that I've um, been connecting with and working with actually interact with my second graders. Um, and so since I've been working with some of the high school kids through the musical and different things, my kids have been writing letters back and forth. And it's been really cool to see some of those relationships be built between high school kids and second graders, which isn't something that normally would happen necessarily. But it's been really cool to see the two areas God's been using me in connect and how um, my students want to pray for the high schoolers or the high schoolers want to come and help out in second grade. Um, there was one day that half the high schoolers were gone for, I don't even remember what it was, maybe an AP test or something like that. But some of the high school kids that were still in their classes actually wanted to come help out in my class and help my kids do some math games. And so that was really cool for me to see how um, they kind of have encouraged and helped each other um, and how these relationships have been built between high school kids and eight-year-olds. Awesome. Um. I realize our time is winding down, um, but there's one final area I did want to explore with you, actually with two different questions, because um, I wanted to give you three a chance to speak into our lives here this morning. Because um, first of all, we need to recognize that your ministry is also our ministry and our mission, because it's an honor and responsibility for all of us to be your sending church, um, to be a church family for you. Because we recognize, as I said earlier, that all of us aren't called to leave our homes and go. Many of us are called to our neighborhoods here and our workplaces here and our schools here. But all of us have been called by God to partner with you and with others who have been called to, to go away from home. And so it's easy for us sitting here at Ivanrest Church to put a few dollars into the Faith Promise Fund and feel like we've done our duty. And I know that the financial help is important to you, and that's good. Um, but I'm curious, from the perspective of those of you who are sent, what are some ways that we, as your sending church, as your fellow church members, can best partner with you? Maybe there's some long-term needs. Maybe there's uh, some partnerships you're looking for, some projects you're working on, um, or something else. What are some ways that we can make good on the promise we made to support and encourage you? Jerry, do you want to start with that one? Yeah, so I would say that first and foremost for our family is the continuation of just prayers and, and lifting us up. Um, we, we all feel the power of prayer at different times in our lives, um, and definitely in this past year there's just been a multitude of times where that is clear. Um, so it's only because of the prayers of everyone here in Ivanrest and our other um, churches that, that are, are with us um, that helps us get through, through that. Um, and it's our job, too, to try to communicate those prayer requests and that, and that um, so you know what you can be lifting us up in prayer um, daily for, and we will try to keep good on that promise. It's a little bit sometimes tricky mm -hmm. always to be living and doing our, our daily life and then have the commitments of writing prayer letters and, and sending things back. Um, but we need to make sure we keep good on that. But continue to just lift us up in prayer, lift up Susan and the teachers at Nehapa and our kids and all the kids who are learning there is so important. Um, we love anytime we get a connection, either an email or a phone call or, or whatever from, from the states. It's rare sometimes that we, we hear how things are going, and it can be random tidbits even about your kids or your family. Like, this is really cool for us to hear because otherwise, sometimes I think I, I 
emailed you once when a news story came mm -hmm. to us in Nicaragua. And we don't get all of the water cooler um, stories <laughs> along the way about things that are happening in lives and in, in Michigan. So it's nice to kind of get some of those little tidbits about what's happening in the community here. And, and we, we like that. Um, we are amazingly grateful for all the support um, that Ivan Rust uh, does. I, it, I guarantee it's a more than a few dollars that are put into that collection plate. Um, we just had our, our meeting with the denomination building, and they said, "Oh, Ivan Rust is your supporting church. Well, that's good." And we're like, "Yeah, it's good. You know, like you guys, you guys take care of us so well um, on, on a support basis. Um, so thank you from." You know, mm -hmm. the bottom of our hearts, um, we couldn't do what we do without um, the good people of this place. Um, but we are going into year two as a full family. Our budget's a little bit different um, probably than Angie's. Um, but we are actively seeking people who would like to join us as monthly supporters um, going into year two. Um, monthly supporters are just so vital for us because it gives us a guarantee that we can make sure that the gaskets in the car um, every time we need to fill up. And so if uh, prayerfully consider if that's something that God might be leading you as an individual or a family to do, um, we would be so blessed. And if people want to call, it's a local call now, right? It's always been a local call, yeah. So I d we, our, our 616 number rings in Nicaragua and nobody pays anything extra. So that's amazing. Yeah, just give us a call. Awesome, awesome. What about you, Angie? How can we be a best support to you? Um, same as Jared with prayers, and um, I just want to thank everyone here, too, for the financial support. I've been in Nicaragua now for two years, and God has just blown me away with the amount of support I have received. Um, I've never had to worry about making my budget for the year, um, and I'm just so grateful for um, that and for you guys for your support. Um, and I'm just blown away by all the ways God has blessed me and allowed me to even dream bigger. Um, and as I dream bigger and um, look to having a huge class this year, um, some of the needs for my class aren't necessarily financially based, but based off of like my kids love letters and I love receiving letters and it's really cool for them to hear about life in different places. Um, I've had one of my good friends from college, her mom sent my whole class letters this year and she's from South Dakota. And the kids just loved learning a little bit about her life. And so if you'd be interested in sending a letter to my second graders or your kids wanna write letters, um, that would be a huge blessing to my kids because they also love to write back. Um, another way to support my class would be used books. I'm always looking for more books. Um, I am continually surprised at how quickly second graders wear books out. <laughs> and with bigger classes, um, that means an increase in classroom library books is always um, needed. And um, I have been purchasing a lot of the books with my own um, money. And oftentimes, I wish I could purchase more, and I can't. Um, so if you guys have any used books that you want to donate, that would be greatly appreciated. I probably can't take them all down at the same time because suitcase weight is limited. But um, I'm always looking for more books. Um, I'm also looking to try to stretch technology in my classroom and um, find a way to um, engage all my kids at different times through through different things in my classroom, but the use of technology, something that's not very common in our school um, because of budget. And so I have been blessed with um, two iPads this past year, and they were huge. One is my personal one. But just seeing the kids be able to read books on um, epic books and other book apps and engage in games that are above their level and challenging them has just been a huge blessing to these kids and something um, that I never expected to be able to have. So um, use technology is always something I'm looking for. Um, if you have something and want to talk to me about it, I'm open um, to talking to you about that and would love to start that conversation. Awesome. Finally, I want to circle back to where I started with this morning because my guess is maybe there's an eight-year-old out here or a high schooler or a young family or a retiree who maybe this morning and maybe in the past has heard God say, I want you to go. Um, 
you sat in these benches once just like them. So if there's somebody here that God is planting that seed in, that, that they're wrestling with that call or maybe even pushing against that call, what would you say to them? What, what advice, what input, what words would you share with, them, with somebody sitting here who's saying, I think God might be asking me to go? Jared, what would you say to, to them? Well, there are, there are books written on this, I'm sure, um, <laughs> and I've read a couple, so we could give you some advice. But I think the first thing I, I, I always um, think of first is like when we walk past that threshold right there, we are moving forward and therefore we are going. And mm-hmm. so we have to remember that, that we are all actively going, mm-hmm. um, and some of us just happen to be going further and we take a plane to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but just remembering that action of going forward and fulfilling God's call for loving him and loving his people without borders and without restrictions is very important. And, and that's one thing on the mindset level that we all do when we're going forward. Um, but if it's God is leading you to take a plane or a long journey, um, there are some things I thought of um, t- for advice. First of all is pray. I mean, you're not going to do this on your own. Um, it, is, it is a uh, partnership with, with God, it, and it, he's going to direct it and lead it and make it work, or, or he's going to close the door and you'll know that it's not a go. But pray for sure. Um, for us, we both did a lot of time just reading and learning about Nicaragua because what, what we knew about Nicaragua was really kind of more about the revolution and about wars and violence and things that happened in, in Nicaragua. But that was many, many years ago. So we took a long time just learning about the culture and learning about the place. Um, so learn and read as much as you can about the place where God is calling you to go. I think you need to have good support networks. Um, your immediate family is a good support network, but they, because of the, the action of you going, they're not always the best um, support network. So we were blessed to have our life group here um, at Ivanrest, co-workers and other friends. So that, that network of people who you can rely on is so vital. And they're also going to be a core network for when you are gone to communicate back with. Our, our life group has helped us still with, with lots of different things even while we were far away. Um, so good support networks. I think you need to ask some good questions. Um, Going, going to a, a, a foreign country or a location for a short-term mission project or a work team for one week is extremely different than living there for a year or more. Um, so you need to ask a lot of questions before you go so you are prepared for some of the unexpected. Um, and then it comes down to you're always going to have doubts, right? Like, like Satan is always going to be putting on this, these, these pressures into your heart to say, no, 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 you're never enough, you're not going to be good enough. But um, for us, it's just stop the doubting, um, pull the ripcord, and just go. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What about you, Angie? Um, what would you say? I have to agree with everything Jared has said, and I have a couple things to add to that. Um, I'd just say to be open to whatever it is, because it might not look like what you think it should look like. Be willing to follow in whatever that is. Um, Be flexible. It's a huge thing that I've learned. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't turn out always the way you've thought it would, and just going with how, like, what is ahead of you, and handling that um, just by following the Lord, and just keeping, holding tight to that. Um, Things will happen that are frustrating, and um, don't happen the way you think they should, and just being flexible and being willing to just take each next step is very important. And I would just say, lastly, follow each step the Lord places in front of you. Um, I never thought I would end up in Nicaragua necessarily. For a while, I thought I would end up somewhere else, but even if it doesn't make sense, take the step God is placing in front of you at that time. Um, I spent two summers in Honduras, and for a while, I thought I would end up there, but God obviously had different plans, and if I wouldn't have taken each step, I, I don't know if I would have ended up where I am today, um, or if it would have been as easy of a transition as it was initially. Um, and I often get told by people, they tell me, I couldn't do what you're doing. And I often will say, 
I couldn't do what you're doing. Um, because God calls us all to different things. And I think recognizing that is the most important. That what God's calling you to isn't necessarily what he's calling me to. Um, but identifying what it is God is calling you to is important. Um, and I always um, thought I would end up internationally, but I didn't know where or what. And so I think being open and being willing to follow those steps is really important. Awesome. Thank you to all three of you and to your kids for, for going on our behalf in some ways. You are our, we share ministry with you there. So thank you for, thank you for in the midst of this little break you have of planning this and being, and thank you for coming up front on stage here. I know it'd be easier to be back there. So um, would you thank them with me for coming on up this morning and being here? Thank you. Now we recognize too that a conversation up front here with you sitting there is very different from a personal conversation that you might want to have with one of them. So if you are here at Ivan Rest regularly, you know that after service we have coffee out on the, under the overhang outside there. We have moved coffee this morning after the service to the West Wing. Uh, there's coffee, there's some special treats there. We're going to kick on the snow cone machine for kids and the young at heart. Um, the gym is open and Jared and Susan and Angie are going to be back there for you to talk with if you wish. Um, there's also, um, I know, a sign up for your newsletter, some information back there as well. So whether you want to talk to them or not, we'd love to have you come back to the West Wing and enjoy that time together in community. Uh, but if you want to look for Jared and Susan and spend a few more moments with them, they'll be back there in the West Wing too. Uh, let's pray. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for Angie, for Jared, for Susan, for their children, for their willingness to say yes when you ask them to go. Thank you for the privilege we have as Ivanrest Church to partner with them, uh, to share in ministry with them, even as they're far away from us. What a joy that is. And I ask that you would help us as their church family to be great supporters. Uh, to be great encouragers, to find ways to share ministry with them, even if that's a, a word, a text, an email of encouragement at just the right time. I pray that you continue to bless them. Bless them through those low lows that they experience, and bless them with even more high highs that they experience. Um, and Father, I do pray for all of us, as we step out of this room this morning, we are going. We are all goers, as Jared reminded us. Help us to live each day with that reality in mind, looking for those opportunities that you set right in front of us, those kingdom opportunities. And Father, for those individuals who you are calling to go farther away, um, Plant those seeds, grow them, give us the courage to say yes when you call us to go. Thank you for this morning, for this privilege to hear from, from Angie and Susan and Jared. Bless them, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Worship team, would you come forward, the rest of you, would you stand please? Thank you so much again to all of you. Looking